0: This is the Scott Thompson Show podcast. It seems to have come up in the air that they may be canceling the Spur line or doing something to the Spur line. Uh, that joins of course the GO and the LRT. Uh, I became a proponent of the LRT once Kathleen Wynne showed up with a great big check in her hand and said that there's only one condition it has to connect to a GO system which to me is modern transit. An LRT that does not connect to GO is not modern transit and taking a bus to get from point A to point B to get to the GO that doesn't cut it either because the whole reason we're replacing buses with LRT is because more people will ride them. So uh, a little Unsure why this is happening now and what it means to the extension out to Eastgate Square. To talk more about all of this, Keenan Loomis is with us, President and CEO of the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce, and is with us now. Hello, Keenan. How are you today? I'm doing well, Scott. How are you? Good. What are your thoughts about this latest uh, information coming out of uh, the LRT people?
1: Well, I will uh preface my remarks by uh just mentioning that I don't know much more than uh the rest of the community does on this. I found out about this last night just like everybody else. Um my initial thoughts are are positive. Um I think that uh this is part of a uh an ongoing um initiative by the uh LRT project team and the province since the uh Premier made her announcement to make this the best uh, transit system possible. And uh, I think what they, what they probably have found is that um, the ridership numbers on the A-Line uh, are probably not enough at this point in time to justify uh, an investment in rail along uh, the LRT spur uh, that
0: was uh, proposed. Let's hear what Paul Johnson, point man for the city on this, had to say first about the east-west route.
2: It's more of a streetcar design. It's always going to be a different uh, run to it. And I think we need to be clear that none of the conversations that the mayor referenced changes the LRT East-West, which has been, of course, in in the planning stages for years and we're working on and uh, and looking at the best ways to deliver.
0: And on the spur line itself?
2: The spur line was always new. It was not part of the submission. It was not part of the work we did from an EA perspective in 2010-2011 and so we've been having to do work from scratch around that and along the way council said you know if there's other ways that we can extend that investment in transit of a billion dollars and get more bang for the transit buck uh, maybe we should start to look at that or have increased investment in transit in hamilton uh so we are looking at that and and um you know if changes come it's still not going to take the province away from their core uh desire which is that our rapid transit links in with the regional transit which is of course our go system and the go center at uh, hunter and the new go station down nearly in the station so there's going to have to be connectivity um but you know if there's different ways that we could enhance the a line uh you know i think council's on for that and uh, obviously, the uh, the is uh, having some of those conversations as well.
0: Are you surprised, Keenan, that we're having this discussion when when the premier arrived with the with the money? You know, basically, the condition of was to join it uh, to the go go transit system. Are you surprised that they've changed their mind on that? Um, I'm I'm not
1: surprised. Um, I have been firmly entrenched in this issue from day one, and uh, I myself have noticed. Uh, some changes in language over the last few months that uh presaged this uh this very uh announcement um, or uh perhaps this uh um, forthcoming announcement um I think that the the big thing to me the big flag was that uh the, um Metrolinx and the province are now talking about all day go service um into Hamilton which is you know something they've been talking about a long time but for the next 10 years at least um that would be anchored at the Hunter Street GO station and as soon as I heard that um, I started to think that uh, perhaps the whole justification for the A line um, wasn't uh, wasn't there anymore, um, at least at at this point in time. The A line spur, in in any event, you, and s- and so I'm I'm not uh, I'm not surprised
0: at all. Uh, what were the changes in language? What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I, I just uh, I I I know that ultimately the goal is for all day go service. Uh, to run to Hamilton and, and beyond, uh, uh, through to, uh, Stony Creek and, and into Niagara. Um, and in which case, obviously the West Harbor station is going to be, um, a very, uh, important part of that plan. But, uh, in the meantime, uh, all the language, uh, in, in the last little bit has been about, um, all day go, uh, service running into the Hunter Street Go station.
0: So, again, why would it not make sense to link the LRT to go? I mean, to me, that's modern transit. If it's not linked to go, it's not.
1: Yeah, well, the the LRT, uh, the A-line spur, was never going to travel uh, uh, south on uh, James uh, to the Hunter Street go station. Uh, and, and there was always, uh, from the very beginning... Uh, a plan to to link together the hunter street go station and the l r t uh b line with a pedestrianized uh enhanced pedestrianized um uh corridor and uh so you know, the, the the plans weren't there to, to run it to Hunter. So this just, again, uh, makes sense to me that uh, the A-line spur, uh, at least as it was, as it was initially conceived, uh, is no longer necessary.
0: So how close is the Hunter Street go to LRT? How long is the pedestrian walkway? Do we know any of that? I think
1: it's only a couple hundred meters, um, and uh, to Hunter Street uh, to uh, James and uh, James and King, where the uh, the LRT stop will be. and uh, initially, there was talk about it running uh, up McNab and then across Hunter, but now the talk is uh, and the plans are to pedestrianize Houston. Um, so, again, another little uh, nuanced change that, to me, um, kind of, uh, again, presaged this, uh, this new announcement.
0: So the pedestrian walkway uh, to the Hunter Street go station will replace the spur line? As a result, the spur line's not needed?
1: No, it won't replace the spur line. There was always pedestrianized uh, corridor planned. Uh, it's just now going to be along, along Houston.
0: I don't understand what the big change is here, though. I don't understand why that uh, th- that makes it okay to drop the spur line.
1: The big change is that most of the traffic, most of the the regional go uh, Lakeshore West traffic will be now going in and out of Hunter. There will be still peak hour um, trains running from uh, the West Harbor Station, but now uh, the emphasis is going to be on, on Hunter. And again, I think just... Uh, um, it it reduced the, the transit ridership, <clears throat> excuse me. Um that would be necessary to uh to invest in rail uh along the A line spur.
0: Why is Hunter a better opportunity than um James Street?
1: Well I think that uh that is a little bit beyond our control and even beyond the control of the province. I think it has to do with uh uh which rail company you're you're dealing with uh for the track that goes into Hunter versus the track that uh that goes to West Harbor and beyond.
0: Are you concerned that because there isn't a direct link from West Harbor to the LRT that this will uh, make this less have have less of an appetite for people?
1: Well, there will be a A Line bus route that uh, will continue to to operate, and you know I, I think the the thing that always made the A Line spur different than. Uh, the B line uh, is that it's going to be running with traffic and, and not on dedicated uh, track, and so in that case, a bus is really just as good as as a train.
0: So, uh, what about actually making it uh, more than a, a streetcar going from um, the LRT down to uh, uh, the Go train or sorry the Go train at, at James? Why isn't that an actual line? Cost. Well,
1: What, what I think is, is, what I like about this is that, to me, this was only just one part of the entire A-line route. The A-line route going from, at at this point in time, it goes from Burlington, I believe, uh, all the way up to the airport. And so, to me, it, if you're not going to run rail south of King Street, uh, what are you going to be doing? And so, if, if it's a, if it's a mix of, of types of um of transit options i think that it's it is less desirable uh for uh for riders it in this uh in this case if this were uh if the a line spur were to be dropped we had the opportunity to uh to be consistent along the route either with uh express buses uh going from the harbor front all the way up to the uh uh to the airport or some other um type of solution
0: uh, the route initially was supposed to go to Eastgate and then, uh, of course, reduced to the uh, uh, to the traffic circle because of the spur line down to go. Does that mean that that money will be spent taking it back out to Eastgate?
1: I don't know what uh, what's going to happen going forward. Uh, that decision is being made, obviously, at a much higher level. Um, it's outside of the city's hands. It's outside of the LRT project team's hands. Um, I don't know what the thinking is uh, going forward on that. It would make sense to me, um, but uh, we still have to see.
0: Your thoughts on the widening of parts of York and Main West as a result of uh, this?
1: Well, from a business perspective, obviously the one thing we don't want to see is a substantial impact to uh, the movement of goods across the city and uh, into the downtown, Um, and so... To me, if, if that's what we have to do to mitigate the impacts uh, to uh, goods movement, um, then I'm I'm all for it.
0: Uh, have we heard any uh, feedback from Premier Wynne on this? Who was adamant about having this connect uh, to the James Street GO Station? Has she said anything on this? Not that I know of. Uh, where do we go from here? When do we know how this will all shake down? Do we? I
1: don't. I again. I only know what what you know. And so, uh, if the mayor says that a decision is coming in a matter of weeks, then I would believe that that's exactly the case. Um, I think that again. I mean, this is just part of the overall effort on the part of the project team and on the part of the you know the the province and Metrolinx to make this the best investment possible. And I, I still very much support, uh... the investment. Uh, The the Hamilton business community community overwhelmingly supports the investment, and I think that this is uh, a good development.
0: Uh, obviously, uh, the camps are split as to what the purpose of the LRT is—whether it's moving people or creating development. Do you think that it's moved less from uh, creating people, uh, transport- uh, transporting people, and more into economic development by this plan? Because again, I, you know, you travel all through Europe; these things are connected to mass transit systems. It, to me, it just—you it, know—it's it's a break in the link. No, I don't
1: think so. I think that we're still—you uh, know—the the LRT the Line lrt will still be very close to uh... the hunter street go station and i don't think that there's a, a break in the link at all it might require a little bit of a walk but uh... transit users are used to that so I don't think there's a break in the But at lane. the end of the
0: day, Keenan, we're trying to get people out of their cars and into transit, not people who regularly use transit anyway. That's preaching to the choir. Again, the whole idea of the LRT was to get – because people didn't like buses. LRT's fancier, it's nicer, it's more efficient, it's all those things. And, again, to me it seems like, you know, at the end of the day we're shortchanging what our original plans were here. Well, don't forget, I mean, the projections
1: uh, – this- this city is going to, over the next 25 years, grow to a city of 750,000. And Scott, it might not be in your lifetime or mine, but this will be a city of a million people. Mm-hmm. And we have to be prepared for the congestion. And the dedicated line that the uh, LRT project is going to create will allow people to get from point A to point B much faster than buses will in, in 25 years. So I think that when you ask, you know, is this about development or is it about the, given, the movement of people? I don't understand why we can't achieve both at the same time. Uh, and that's exactly what, uh, what this investment is all about.
0: Uh, I would agree with that 100%, Keenan. But I, again, I think we have to lean more to transportation because that's what it is. Um, You know, you can build lots of things that will create economic development. A transit system is pretty expensive. Uh, Don't you think the primary reason for building transit should be moving people? I can understand it's all part of economic development. Of course, when you move people, you're going to get that. But again, it seems sometimes we lose sight of what it's really there for. And again, uh, creating economic development comes through creating great transit systems, and those move people uh, the most efficient and as far as economic development i'm not sure how much how many of us are buying into that anymore considering all you have to do is look at housing prices to know that the economic development really doesn't need to be stimulated much more in this country or in this well, uh, in this city it's certainly not the 19, it's lot. certainly not the 1990s anymore
1: all you have to look at is the surface parking lots that still dominate downtown mm-hmm. and the uh, and, and the opportunities all along King Street, because, you know, we've, we've neglected uh, that really important commercial corridor. Uh, and, you know, you can see how both of those goals can be achieved. It's a, it's a
0: win-win in, in this case. Keenan Loomis has been with us, President and CEO of the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce. Keenan, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you, Scott. You're listening to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML. Full question of the day, are you surprised the LRT project will widen parts of York and Maine? Uh, 89% of you are saying no. Feel free to weigh in on that. Uh, That's part of the discussion that was on today. The other is it looks like the spur line joining uh, the LRT to the James Street Go station is up in the air or something else will be done. Nobody really uh, is aware at this point. Uh, what is going to happen. It looks like uh, that announcement is is a couple of weeks away, or certainly our options are a couple of weeks away. To talk more about all of this, editor of Raise the Hammer, Ryan McGreal, and he is with us now. Hello, Ryan, how are you today? I'm very well, Scott, how are you doing? Good, thanks for taking the time to join us, Ryan. We always appreciate it. Your thoughts on, uh, I understand you're not that concerned that the spur line may not be the spur line.
3: Uh, I shouldn't say that I'm not concerned. I don't know enough yet to know whether to be concerned or not. Uh, what I'm hearing from people at the province, and nobody kind of will come out and say what it's going to be, but what I keep hearing is this is going to be really good news. it's going to be very exciting. The announcement is coming out soon. Um, so my hope is that they're going to announce you know some kind of improvement to uh, you know maybe you know providing like more rapid transit coverage along the A line rather than just that short spur, which w- I think would be a net improvement for the system overall and it would provide. Uh, rapid transit benefits for a bigger part of the city. Again, we don't know. You know, it could be that they're planning on extending the B-line out to uh, Eastgate Square, but that seems less likely to me just because of the political difficulty about building LRT in a ward with the council as opposed to it. Uh, we really don't know yet. Um, so it, it's, you know, again, it's all speculation at this point.
0: Uh, one of the conditions when Premier Wynne showed up with the big check was that it joins to the GO system. What do you think has changed there?
3: Well, uh, if, if we start with the assumption that nothing has changed, um, then there's a couple of ways of looking at it. Uh, number one, uh, we've got the B line, uh, which is already going to connect to the Hunter Street ghost station via a sort of high quality boulevard for a couple of blocks along uh, Houston Street. Now, what I've been told is that Metrolinx is having more success negotiating with CP right now than they are having negotiating with CN which means um, that all day, two A Go train service may come to the Hunter Street GO Station before it comes to the West Harbour GO Station. Um, you know, now the other. Why would that?
0: Why would that be? Do you think?
3: Well, I mean, it, it's it's all negotiated. The problem is that in Canada, uh, you know, streets are publicly owned, uh, uh, train tracks are privately owned. Right. So if Metrolinx wants to run a service, they have to basically get permission from the company that owns the track. And they have to try and fit that service into times when the company is not using that track to move freight. So it really ties the government's hands in terms of when they can provide uh, train service. It's not just a matter of, oh, we'll buy some trains and we'll hook them up. They have to have a route to take. And so, you know, we know the way negotiations go. Uh, apparently CN is being uh, difficult. And, uh, you know, so, so CN owns the line that runs out along the waterfront, whereas CP owns the old and b line, which be the, uh, the Hunter Street Go Station. So Uh, we could end up with all-day service at Hunter before we get it at uh, the West Harbor, which means that the B-Line then becomes the main connection to regional transit.
0: I thought that was the whole reason of building the James Street Go station, though.
3: Well, it's a long-term plan.
0: And, uh, you know, it it means, I mean, the the plan,
3: as far as I know, is still to get all-day go service to that location, but it's going to maybe take a little bit longer than they thought it was going to. And the other thing is, over a longer period, if you're thinking 25, 50-year, long-term transportation strategy. You've got the Confederation uh, GO station coming online. You're eventually going to have uh, GO train service all the way to Niagara. And so we have to start planning for that now and building that data incrementally. Uh, you know, and, and it's good that they're taking a long-term view. The other thing is if they do decide they want to do some kind of higher order service along the A-line, then that will still actually connect to uh, the uh, West Harbor station um, you know, But again, that's entirely speculative, and we really won't know until the province gives us more information.
0: What is the advantage for the customer of having the Hunter Street versus the James Street?
3: Uh, well, the advantage for the customer is that we can actually get trains to run there all day.
0: But I again, mean, in a perfect world, the James Street scenario is better for customers in Hamilton, is it not? Oh, uh, I, I mean, I...
3: I, I think both of them work. Uh, I mean, it depends on where you're coming from, depends on where you live. Uh, it, I mean, the Hunter Street Go Station is, is pretty central. It's pretty much right in the middle of the city. It's fairly accessible. Um, you know, obviously, a, a West Harbor Go Station would be more convenient for people who are living in the north end. But, um, I mean, either one is going to be accessible if it's connected to a rapid transit network. And uh, and so that's always been the long-term plan, is to have the B line to have the A-Line, and then to have a network of rapid transit lines feeding the whole city, including Confederation.
0: So, so what feeds the Hunter Station to the GO Line?
3: i uh, not too sure what you mean, I'm sorry.
0: I don't understand how the GO Train is getting from uh, uh, the GO Line that goes past James Street Station to the Hunter Station.
3: It's how a d- separate line. The, 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 the GO, Basically, as, as the, the train lines come into Hamilton, you have one line which, uh, you know, which CP owns. And,
0: and goes straight and, down the lake.
3: And, 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 and it, and it can, well, that, that one actually, is, CN owns the one that runs along the waterfront. Right. And CP owns the, the OTH and B lines, the right. one that runs out, connects with Hunter Street, and then, you know, continues on from there. And so, um, basically, uh, both, I mean, right now, there is um, rush hour go train service uh, from the Hunter Street go station to, uh, to Toronto. And so they would be looking at expanding that service until they're providing it all day. We would essentially have, you know, eventually we'll have two GO train stations in Hamilton, one at Hunter and one at the waterfront. It looks like we're going to get all day service to Hunter before we get all day service to the waterfront. So then that becomes the priority in terms of making sure that there's a uh, an lRT connection
0: um, i'm just I'm just amazed that this hasn't come up before. What are your thoughts on that? like like again, as you're planning this stuff, um, you know, and I understand completely that as you get going, you know plans change and things modify as you build uh, and as you plan. but I don't understand why that wasn't part of it initially when Premier Wynn came to town.
3: I, I think because at the time the assumption was that they would be able to uh, to get the all you know in, i know a few years previous former premier uh, mcginty had announced all day to a go train service to uh, to the hamilton waterfront and uh, and so that was this the province's plan but of course you know plans encounter reality and then you have to adjust as you go uh, i mean I, you know i'd love to to come back on next week to talk about this after the province has made their announcement because i think we'll be able to do a lot less speculating and a lot more kind of real analysis of yeah. what the implications are going to be.
0: Well, we'll certainly have you back, Ryan, that's for sure. Um, what? So uh, what do you think the alternatives are, if we are to speculate?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the few that I can come up with, you know, is that, you know, one, like I said, they're looking at uh, some kind of, of a north-south, um, you know, expanded rapid transit system that isn't just that spur line, but actually covers the entire A-line. So the A-line right now is an express bus that runs from the waterfront from Pier 8, James Street, Goes up the escarpment, connects to Mohawk, and then takes Upper James out to the airport. Right. Uh, it's it's a, it's a, an express bus right now, you know. But the the plan is to upgrade that to some form of rapid transit. It's possible that the provinces, you know, decided you know what they want to push that forward, or maybe the federal government has come in and they're going to say, look, you know, we want to fund infrastructure. This becomes the next thing that we fund. And so if you're going to do that, then it doesn't actually make a lot of sense to build a short uh, streetcar stub when you have a much larger project that's in the works. So that's one possibility. Another possibility is that they you know, maybe want to look at expanding service in a different part of the city, although realistically, uh, I mean, I think you have to go incrementally based on how ridership is growing, and the A-line is the obvious next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, another possibility would be to expand the B-line to Eastgate, but again, I think that's unlikely just because of the political difficulty in doing that. Um, so the most likely situation is that we're probably going to see some kind of, a, of uh, an expanded a line rapid transit. Uh, if that's the case, then that's that's a big win for the city. It means we're getting two rapid transit lines, you know, you know, sort of in a row, rather than one and then maybe another one sometime in the distant future.
0: Uh, one councillor has alluded that uh, that uh, mountain councillors will be throwing some sort of bonbons from the provincial government. That this is all uh, a political issue to keep the mountain people happy. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Well, I mean, any smart government recognizes that when you when you build something it should provide as much obvious benefit for as many people as possible so if the province is doing that it sounds like they're listening and they're paying attention you know they're hearing what mountain councillors are saying that they don't see the obvious benefits of LRT for their um, areas so if this is the, a, a way for the province to cast the net more widely and provide uh, a more immediate transit benefit to more of the city that's unambiguously a good thing.
0: Where do you think this is going? What, how do you think this will play with people? Uh, some people are looking at this as a way out. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Uh, I, I think it only becomes a way out if the beeline is changed significantly enough that they have to go back and restart the uh, environmental assessment amendment process again. And, uh, and I, I hope that the province is savvy enough kind of, not to open that can of worms because there are certain members of council, I think, who would love to kind of turn this into a political football and kick it around. As it is, Council is committed to staying the course on, the, on that plan. But the, the plan that, can, that the Council agreed to uh, acknowledged that the province may decide to scale back part of it. So if they scale back the A-line spur, but then replace it with something more kind of concrete and something that, uh, that is actually serving more of the city, I don't think Council could, could really go against that. And it wouldn't sort of throw off the schedule of getting things ready for an EA uh, approval early this spring.
0: Uh, As you can imagine, we're starting to get email coming in, Uh, Ryan. uh, Here's one for you. Can you tell this guy to stop saying rapid? LRT is light rail transit. There's nothing rapid about it. Stop trying to sell us on something that it isn't happening, and it's not going to be any faster than uh, any faster. It's a light rail transit system. Your thoughts on that?
3: Uh, Well, light rail transit is a form of rapid transit, so, uh, you know, I I wouldn't... uh I wouldn't want to boil the ocean over um, the definition. I mean, you've got a vehicle running. It's in a dedicated lane, so it's not sharing the lane with traffic. It's uh, going to stops that are fairly far-spaced so that you can get up to some speed in between the stations. Um, You know, it's got high capacity. Each vehicle can carry a lot of people. That's the the, the industry definition of rapid transit. You know, it can be uh, a bus, you know, running on a dedicated lane. It can be, uh, you know, an electric vehicle running on rails. But that's what rapid transit is.
0: Uh, this one from Frank, you said the secret word a minute ago during your interview, airport. If Hamilton ever expects to get on the run, uh, runaway of a viable airways connection, we ought to show our honest intent to service that jewel with an LRT link to and from our go station, then build the necessary join-in rail arteries within the inner city from there. Your thoughts? It,
3: it makes sense. I mean, if we're if we're going to... Um, if we want to develop our airport, then we need to be able to service it with good transit. One of the issues that, that council is going to face, and, uh, and I think they really need to face it sooner rather than later, is that in, in Hamilton, we have a system of area rating for transit. And what that means is that different parts of the city pay different tax rates toward transit, and they receive different levels of service. And so the problem right now is that if you want to increase transit service in, in an area that's area rated, the entire cost of that increase has to be borne by the people who live in that area, and so there's a really big political disincentive to expand transit service because it disproportionately falls on a small group of the city. If you get rid of area rating for transit and have everybody in the city pay the same general rate and have a commitment to providing the same basic transit service level, then it becomes a lot easier to expand service, for example, to the airport, which is outside of uh, you know the, the old city and you know, is currently being taxed at a lower rate and receiving a lower level of service.
0: Do you think this loses appeal without that link, that spur, to the go line?
3: Well, you know, again, I think, you know, I understand the province's reason for wanting to make sure that rapid transit in Hamilton connects to the regional system.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: The B line does that, you know, and particularly if, um, if Hunter Street is a more viable kind of destination for all-day go train service, then it makes more sense to focus on that. But, uh, but again, we don't know. We really don't know what the province has announced. All I'm being told is it's going to be great. Um, you know, you're going to be really happy with it. It's going to address a lot of the concerns of people who are skeptical about the current plan. So, you know, short of uh, kind of having faith, I'm excited to find out what it actually is going to be announced.
4: Hmm. Uh,
0: what, what are you hearing about this on the street? What are the feelings? What's the buzz going around regarding this announcement?
3: Well, I mean, I think certain people who kind of are already... Um, intractably opposed either to lrt or to the ontario liberals you know or you know there's, there's there's a lot of kind of political things happening some people are throwing up their hands saying you see we told you all along this is going to it's not going to work
4: yeah I mean, that's
3: pretty premature you have other people who are saying well you know let's wait and find out and see what happens you have some people saying you know it's really important that we maintain some kind of of north south airline connection uh, which i tend to agree with um again like i think there's a lot of uncertainty and uh you know i i I really hope that the province will make the announcement sooner rather than later.
0: Uh, do you think with this announcement, uh, we will have clarity that this will be settled?
3: <laughs> Scott, this is Hamilton. Yeah, good point. <laughs> it'll never, it'll be settled, for, for, for my personal uh, feeling, it'll be settled when I take my ticket <laughs> yeah. and I've stepped onto the train and the doors have closed and it's pulling out of the station. Until then, I'm going to be
0: concerned about it. Uh, do you think the province is getting cold feet on this? Uh,
3: again, that's not what I'm hearing. In fact, uh,
0: what I'm hearing is that they're, they're, they're actually looking
3: at, at doing something exciting that's going to make this even more um, appealing for more people. So uh, no, I don't hear the provinces getting cold feet. I hear the opposite. I hear that they have, you know, if anything, more
0: of a sense of urgency. Timeline, when do you think we're going to finally hear this? Uh, I'm
3: hoping we're going to hear it in the next week. You know, I've heard possibly as early as Monday, but I'm not too sure yet.
0: All right, Ryan McGreal has been with us, editor of Raise the Hammer, talking about uh, latest developments in LRT, including widening of York and Maine and uh, perhaps changing the spur line into something different, going from the LRT down to the James Street ghost station. Ryan, thanks for the time, as always. Much appreciated.
3: Thanks a lot, Scott. I really appreciate the
0: opportunity. You're listening to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML. All right. It's been a while since we've talked to Laura Babcock. uh, Great to have her on, president of the Power Group, talking about, well, I'm sure we're going to weigh in on LRT as well. But uh, at the end of the day, it's about that damn sign. Laura is with us now. (laughs) Hello, Laura. How are you today?
4: I'm good. I'm I'm even better after the mayor's announcement last
0: night. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, before we get to that, let's get to the LRT. Your thoughts on, I was a big proponent of the spur line. To me, I didn't think that LRT made any sense unless it connects to a go. Now they're talking about doing it via the Hunter Street go station. I'm still not sure logistically how that's going to work, especially once... They take all day go uh, down past Hamilton. Uh, I'm not sure how this is all going to feed in. It would be nice if we had another little loop that just came into the go station and then uh, the Hunter Street go station and then took us right back down to the go line. I'm not sure if that's feasible at this point. But what are your thoughts about the the possible scrapping of the spur line?
4: Well, as long as they replace it with another way to connect up with the go. The whole idea behind my support of this and many others is That there is a need for better regional transportation. There simply is a need to give people a viable alternative to the car. You know me. I love my car. I drive it a lot. But I have people in my family who are dedicated public transit users. And we need better bus service down into the LRT through the BLAST network. And if the LRT truly is going to be an initial sort of spine to support that other transit, then, of course, it has to connect with GO. To make that whole regional transportation thing make sense i'm not going to give up my car to go into toronto in the morning unless i can get down the hill easily you know get across easily get to go easily all those things um and i may never i'll be honest with you scott i love my car but i'm just saying that a lot of people in hamilton don't feel right now that the limited go service is a viable alternative so we need go all day we need to get uh, connected up with it and so i'm not I'm not an ideologue. I'm not in love with the spur line or and upset about this. As long as the province is still working on it, they've found an alternative to make it truly regional transportation. Uh, I'm glad the conversation continues. I, I'm like Ryan McGreal, your your previous guest. I'm optimistic, but I will wait until people can actually get on that train before I think this whole thing is completely done.
0: Uh, So you have, and now that I'm thinking about it, although, again, logistically, I don't know how it's going to happen. And, again, that's up for the uh, province to tell us in a week or so. Um, But do you have any problem with it coming into Hunter as opposed to uh, James Street? Does that matter?
4: I don't think it does. You know, my power group offices are right across from the hunter Ghost station, and we use it all the time. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I think what it's really about is if you want to spend all this money on public transit, then—and I don't think it's a war on the car. I think it's about giving people viable alternatives that they can make their own choices on— if you want to spend all this money on public transit to really connect up the region and to really uh, help with the population growth that's coming to the GTA, then then make sure that that's what happens. You know, I think that the LRTs had a lot of criticism because it seemed like a very small line to nowhere with a whole lot of money going into it. When I heard the city manager explain it a few months back as being the spine of a connected network of buses and and it'll connect up to regional transportation, I'm much more comfortable with it. So I I think that we just need to let the experts keep tweaking this thing until they make it meet the need that it's supposed to meet, which is to to keep Hamilton progressing and uh, to keep people being able to work here in town or be able to get to where they need to go.
0: I agree with you 100%. Surprised that some may use this as another excuse or reason or chance to knock this off the rails.
4: Oh, of course. I mean, I can't wait for Tuesday's O Show. (laughs) What's that? I I can't wait for the O Show on
0: Tuesday.
4: (laughs) You know, because uh, Lorne and I have had lots of spirited discussions about LRT. Uh, He's of the opinion now it's going to happen, but it has to be done well. Uh, And this just adds one more confusing piece into this entire argument uh, it's just amazing how as Ryan said it's Hamilton we we just can't do anything simply or easily to keep going around and around so yeah of course Scott this is fodder for uh, LRT skeptics or LRT opponents no doubt about it anytime it looks like the project is changing you can say well then they didn't have the plan in the first place and whenever you can make that argument then you can say that the whole project is ill-conceived so yeah it's a problem but I think to Ryan's point uh, as long as uh, the city, the province keeps working on it and they have a sense of urgency about it, then I, I'm not going to get too worried about it at this stage.
0: Hmm. Okay, uh, let's. and speaking of things that never seem to get done, how long, <laughs> What was it 12 years we've been working on the Hamilton sign? It was 12 years when I talked to you about it two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so now it's 14.
4: I think we're getting to 14 or somewhere around there. Listen, I, I, I told some counselors who were, uh con- disappointed by the fact that the, the sign push before Pan Am got tabled, I said to them, you know, I, I'm someone who plays the long game. I'm a business person. you know, I, I didn't think that an idea as basic and necessary as a gateway sign for the city was was going to die. It was just gonna take more time. So I have been privately communicating with the mayor uh here and there to see what the progress was and I know that he was working on it and taking it on. So So I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased that he has uh, figured out how he wants to do it. I like the idea of a sign that can be used in a lot of very cool and effective ways. And, you know, the idea of getting private sector to pay for it, if you recall, that was one of the options we looked at in the past. Um, The city manager had told me that he was going to sort of lean in and and put his elbow into it, and that wasn't able to happen. But that—that I think there's always been an appetite, and I've heard from business leaders who would like to help support something like that uh, so I think it'll be viable, and I'm glad that we've got the mayor now leaning in and, and you know, putting his elbow into the project. Now, what, you
0: what, do you, what do you think the chances are that this will be complete before Canada turns 151? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, will we have this
0: just in time for Canada's 157th birthday?
4: The 175th. Yeah, really. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing is that it's easy to get discouraged uh, in Hamilton when you are advocating for any kind of uh, progress or, or, you know, when we can have something good for the city, it's easy to get discouraged, Scott. And uh, you've no doubt noticed my frustration over the years. That being said, though, signs are expensive and they are important. And if you have the mayor doing it within this time frame of 150 years, That helps get it done. That's the reason why I was pushing, as you recall, to do it before Pan Am. Only because I noticed all over the province when I was working and I drive that there were no... Everybody else had a sign. Everybody else had a sign. You know what? We
0: went to the States uh, over Christmas, and I was driving back from Niagara-on-the-Lake, and that's exactly what I noticed. All these little small towns all have signs, yet we don't.
4: It's incredibly embarrassing. I mean, Burlington has... Multiple ones all over the place, you know, and Brampton has multiple ones all over the place. Burlington has one just for their waterfront. So it's it's incredibly frustrating. And so uh, when I came up with that hashtag, Time for Signs, I felt, you know what, if there's impetus, meaning get it done before the Pan Am visitors come, then maybe council can get it done. And then I found out, of course, they'd been kind of dragging their heels on this for 12 years. So now (laughs) we've got another another impetus issue, or opportunity, which is the 150th. And we've got arguably the person who can make the phone calls most successfully, the mayor, saying he's going to do it. He's taking this on. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic, Scott. <laughs> uh,
0: any idea how much the sign was worth like 14 years ago?
4: Oh, yeah, right, exactly. Probably half uh, that goodness. much. If you, look at the, if you look at the Stony Creek sign, that little one, uh, it was 290000 like 10 years ago or whenever that was put up. Right. That was before the lighting. So the costs around this of $230,000, I know that it freaked everybody out because that's the cost of a house, right? And you're thinking, yeah. how can it cost that much? Yeah. But I know you had that concern, and a lot of people did.
0: <laughs> maybe maybe um, that's the answer here, Laura. We build a house and just put a sign on top of it.
4: Right, right. Well, trust me. I Sort of like a
0: welcome it. center.
4: Yeah, well, the, the issue is, though, right, is that if you built a house, a $230,000 house on the side of the highway, it would cost you $2 million. Yeah. I mean, it's, the whole, it's the point of doing it with the MTO and the traffic and the land and all that stuff, right? It's a big deal. So the mayor had told me a few months ago he was looking at the idea of a portable kind of sign. And, I, you know, And my... My, I'm a pragmatist, Scott. I said, whatever you think is going to get it so that we can welcome people to our city. You know what I'm
0: thinking, though? And you know what you know what uh, Graham McKay's uh, cartoon's going to be in the spec. It's going to be one of those signs on the back of a skidoo trailer that you see in the parking lots of wherever <laughs> that you know with the changeable letters on it. That's what You know that's his cartoon coming up.
4: Don't, don't think for a second that myself and some other people you know weren't <laughs> going to just hold one by the side of the highway to make a point if we didn't think it was a liability. <laughs> yeah. Man. So, you know what? The point is, Scott, is that, like I said, you've got the top guy in the city for making calls, making saying he's going to make the calls, and you've got a project that nobody has let go of. I still get business leaders coming up me going, so when's the sign going up? And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I have to explain the council vote again. So, people automatically assume we've got to have a sign. It's ridiculous that we don't. So, I think this is going to have to happen, and I'm, I'm encouraged that the mayors set a goal and yeah let's let's be optimistic about it but you know the the pricing is appropriate for the project and i think everyone understands that now and so let's try to go forward and get some cash
0: Uh, So, any idea what this portable sign will look like? I mean, uh, because as soon as I hear portable sign, I'm thinking, great idea, over and above the skidoo trailer thing that we were talking about earlier. (laughs) It sounds like a great idea, but I also see this as an accident waiting to happen, because now there'll have to be somebody on staff to permanently be responsible for the sign, where it goes, Uh, there's transportation costs involved, and all of a sudden your $230,000 sign. Uh, you know, there's a budget for it every year. Uh, any idea what his plans are for a, a portable sign, how this is going to work?
4: You know what? I don't know that. You'd have to ask him, but I will tell you that in our in our discussions over the last year, I know that he was looking at best practices in other cities. So I know that he would have had those conversations, looked at other places that have portable signs. And if I could be mistaken, but isn't that beautiful big Toronto sign, a yep. portable one? So I, I'm... Pretty confident that that was part of the the um, the research is how they do that. everyone loves that at Nathan Phillips Square, but I know that that sign's been moved around so there 's got to be it a is a portable sign is it I think it might be yeah um, I think it might be so all i 'm saying is i 'm not hundred percent sure, but I know that the mayor was looking at how other cities were doing options on signs, which I love because Scott. I've often said that Hamilton doesn't need to reinvent the wheel on everything. Yeah. I mean, there are other cities who are doing things better. We just have to pick up the phone and call. So I'm I'm hopeful that the mayor's got all those those kind of things figured out. But the great thing is, right, if you have a portable sign, you can use that as a great marketing feature at all kinds of different events, not just at the gateways.
0: No, great idea. And And maybe you can just get away with one and just rotate it from one end of the city to the other. There's where the staffing comes in.
4: But I think also, if you look at the costs, uh, one of the concerns that Councillor Clark had at the time was that, you know, you've got one gateway to Stony Creek when he was the Stony Creek Council, yeah. and you've got at least four major gateways into Hamilton. Yeah. So maybe that's a cost saving.
0: Uh, do, do you pay per letter with these signs? I mean, I, I'm, does the Toronto sign come apart? Because maybe we can just even get away with Hammer. It's less letters than <laughs> Hamilton. That'll somehow bring the cost down. <laughs> but then you know what's going to happen like what happened to the Stony Creek sign all of a sudden it becomes Tony Creek one day you know it's right, just right. Uh, what do you, you know do what?
4: or or the Hollywood sign that turned <laughs> into Hollywood for exactly
0: a of days. <laughs> exactly we can perhaps have more fun with a portable sign you know what well, what's important
4: to me is that it's always been a sign of civic pride and civic sanity you know, if a town can't get together and even put up a welcome sign, there's some dysfunction going on. So the uh, the idea that every little, and it still burns me every time I drive down the highway and see all these signs. You know, I, I'm trying to be patient, but it's still so frustrating that Hamilton kept getting in its own way for, what, 14 years over something that we should have had 50 years ago. So here's the thing. I don't care if it's portable. I don't care if it's tall, short, fat, wide, blue, or pink. I just care that the proud name of Hamilton is used to show our civic pride, and the fact that we can get something done. We can have nice things, Scott. We really can.
0: What uh, with something like this, like two hundred thirty grand—that's one sign. As you mentioned, there's lots of ways into the city. Where do you put it? How do you decide where it goes? Well,
4: it's a really good question, and from what I understand from the mayor's comments last night when he made the announcement, is that um, maybe it will take turns. You know, and when you think about it, there's a lot of opportunity with. If, a, if the point of signage and the point of marketing you know i own a business and so obviously when you have a business you, you have put up a sign if the point of marketing the city is to have this sign at it can be at the biggest festivals and then when there's a lot of traffic say coming in for a certain thing on a certain way maybe it goes there for a while maybe they rotate it seasonally um you know who knows but the the point is is that right now all we have is a little highway population sign and if you're not paying close attention you don't know when you've left burlington and hit grimsby you have no idea that you you were in hamilton so it's really important that we use it i don't really care if it takes turns and gets moved around uh... but we need to have it uh, because it's a it's a marketing deficit and we're doing some other great marketing Scott. we really are we're getting a lot better as a city, but this is one glaring, glaring thing that we've not been able to do, and I hope that the American get it done.
0: I'm all for uh, a Hamilton sign that looks similar to Toronto's and has the various colored letters that you can do various things with and move it around. That's even an added extra bonus. But on top of that... Shouldn't we still have something smaller at those entra- four entrance points or exit points that we were talking about? And I mean, do they have to co- like the stuff that you're passing on this on the road in small town Ontario? It ain't a two hundred thirty thousand dollars sign.
4: Well, this is the whole thing, right? So, first of all, I don't know if this sign that the mayor's talking about will be lit up like the Toronto sign. I don't know. I think the the best details I've seen in an article were that it would be like the big letters. Um, not dissimilar to the, the, the look, I think maybe that was voted on a number of years back as part of a city engagement process on this issue. So it'll be letters of Hamilton, right? Uh, it doesn't need to get more complicated. I don't know if they'll be lit up. But here's, obviously, obviously, we should have a permanent sign on all of our gateways. Like I said, in Burlington, they have it on the QEW. They have it on the 407, I believe. They are at least, uh, you know, they have it also on the waterfront. So I mean it's ridiculous that we don't have any. And maybe this sign is a is a good start. It's a good start, but a future council hopefully can actually say How can we come up? And maybe you do it cost savings, you know, because you're doing four. Maybe there's going to be some economies of scale there. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I look at some of these other signs, I mean, some of them are flower signs. Like Oshawa, it's just a flower bed (laughs) of the Canadian flag and the word Oshawa. There's so many different things we could do. And don't even get me started on the fact that we don't use the side of our 403 for advertising. You know, like they do in Toronto and the Gardener. So there's a lot we can do, Scott.
0: Uh, pr- uh, the mayor is looking for private funds for this. Has that been the way to go all along as opposed to trying to wring this out of a city council?
4: Well, it's interesting because when I first went to council in 2014, um, because I was bringing it up and Council Marula at the time said, go in front of council because this is a council city project. And I said, oh, great. Uh, so I went in front of council and the comment at the time was, oh, we've got the money, no problem in public works. But then it became a political football. There was an election looming, and uh, you know, and it's a fairly high-profile thing. And there are other things in the city that council needs to spend money on that are more important than a sign, like helping people have a, a good, affordable housing, and, and a myriad of other concerns that you know I'm passionate about, like making sure people have a safe shelter at night and things like that. So I completely understood that people looked at this and said that seems like a the amount of a house. We don't understand it. It, it kind of came up fast, and then it was pushed back down and pushed around. So. Here's where we are now, is that the mayor has decided this is a celebratory year. It's an opportunity to have some high-profile thing. I hope that whoever gives money to it corporately will get the sponsor recognition that would go with that, because that's always been a way I've done fundraising over the years, and I'm sure the mayor's staff has thought about that as well. Um, So if it has to come from proud Hamiltonians with some money who understand marketing and want to be a part of a civic program... Then, then that's the way to go. But there was some money back in the day, Scott. It just became uh, political football.
0: be interesting to know where that $230,000 went over the years, what it was spent on. <laughs> Please. Because we saved it. We've yeah. saved all this money from not producing a sign. It would be interesting to know where the money went.
4: I, I've always wanted to know where all the public works money goes. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> well, the city doesn't have a revenue problem. It's got a spending problem.
0: <laughs> so uh, you talked about getting somebody to sponsor the sign and giving recognition to them. How do you do that on a Hamilton sign? Will it be Welcome to Hamilton sponsored by First Ontario or brought to you by First Ontario or DeFasco or I mean, how yeah, or you How do you honor those companies without clouding up the sign?
4: and so there are lots of different ways to do that so i don't know what the mayor's office is thinking about but for instance you can do things that i've done things in other cities where there are there's a, a public record of the donations. so for instance on the city website you know there might be something that has a page that thanks the sponsors and perpetuity for the sign or you could have something where there's uh, a high profile press event right and that that's often worth it for companies that are looking for some goodwill publicity. Uh, so, I mean, there are lots of ways to, to meet what sponsors are looking for, to give them some ongoing recognition for what they've done. I don't think you need to put sponsor names right on the thing. I think that, you know, that's, that's unnecessary. And, and, but, however, if, you know, we did the wall down on James Street years ago, and one of the things we did was we put the sponsors on, the, on a plaque on the wall. Um, so maybe there's an area near the sign or on the basis. Who knows? I mean, I I don't want to get ahead of what the mayor's office has in mind here, but there obviously should be some sort of way of recognizing and thanking these proud Hamiltonians who are going to be helpful.
0: And then perhaps honoring the mayor for his involvement in it, like, you know, Fred Eisenberger's welcome to Hamilton sign.
4: Well, I don't know that we necessarily have to go that far, <laughs>
0: Did we ever find out? And you know, speaking of Graham McKay at the spec, did we ever find out what happened to uh, the old Holiday Inn sign from the City Motor Hotel? I mean, I thought that we were go- they were going to use that at one point as but a. Yeah.
4: Well, um, actually, it was a Hamiltonian Matt Jelly who did up a mock-up using that and thought that that would be yeah. a cool idea. Uh, and that was, I think, in Winnie Graham's uh, cartoons. Yes. The city has spent a ton of money on this over the last 14 years doing surveys and studies and engagement and designs. And they, they got a final design, which is the big, the big letters. Um, so, you know what, let's not open that can of worms again, Scott. It's not a design contest. We know what people are basically okay with. It's just the word Hamilton. It's not political. You can't fight about it. Let's just get the word Hamilton. Let's get it around the city. If it's a mobile sign at this stage, great. If it takes $250,000 in private funding, I'll stay right here on the radio. My company, Power Group, will donate to that. Um, obviously, and and you know, and hopefully that the mayor and his team have figured out nice ways to to make that a good value proposition for companies. Uh, but I, I know of a lot of companies that said, Laura, we want to help with this. We want to support this. So I think that there's going to be people that uh, are going to be called and are going to be happy to do it. I'm happy to do it, and, uh, you know, I don't need all the recognition on it. I never wanted this to be my project, Scott. I just wanted the city to get a damn sign. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hear you. Laura Babcock's been with us, president of the Power Group, and, of course, the O Show on Cable 14. Laura, as always, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. <laughs> thanks. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.